Previously on the prompt. I feel like I have made the game girl up <laughs> now, but I'm sure that it, like it's one of maybe it was it was one of your secret, you know, maybe deep down wishes. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is September fourth, two thousand and thirteen. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by the full complement of hosts this week. I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. And Mr. Stephen Hackett. Welcome back to The Prompt. Hey, thanks, guys. How are you? Good. We're, we really missed you, man. Yeah, you thanks, thanks for the kind words on the show. But we had, a, uh, we, we had a, a fine episode where me and Federico got to run riot all over Nintendo, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. I really I enjoyed it. And as someone... I'm not. I'm definitely like you guys even said it. I'm not a gamer. Um, I don't know a lot about the industry, but like it was very educational to listen to the prompt before reading the four thousand Nintendo stories that have been published in the seven days since. Yeah, that actually leads straight into follow ups. We might as well just jump right into it. Follow up. Yeah, uh, you know, guys, I can't wait to to read all the the Zelda reviews that are coming out on Apple Blogs <laughs> in about a few weeks because they are coming out, right? <laughs> We are doing this Nintendo stuff from now on. Am I wrong? I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I can't wait to see some Wind Waker hot, hot stuff on Macworld. No, maybe not on Macworld. You know, this, this, you know, these blogs doing doing Nintendo and and the like. So I'm not going to say I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Seriously, I'm seriously looking forward to to the reviews. So. Uh, my, what I'm understanding from from your very subtle, subtle subtext here, Federico, is that uh, you you find that that's maybe some of the commentary is ill-informed. I just don't see the point of doing of of, of having remarks on Nintendo if the if the introduction says I'm not a gamer. It's not like I'm right. writing about football. Yeah. No. Can you imagine me imagine me saying, "All right, uh, I don't watch football." But I think that the sport sucks. Yeah, Does no, that no, even I make get sense? that. Because it's <laughs> I don't know on what on what grounds are you basing your opinions on when you are professing to not understand this these so things? So I'm not a gamer, but I think that Nintendo is doing everything wrong. Okay, yeah. yeah. I so, mean, you know, I'm not going to say that we had anything to do with it this week, but we were right at the start of the um, the wave of Nintendo commentary mm-hmm. because we recorded the show like a couple of hours after the Nintendo um, event. Um, And what has followed, I mean, it has been a very interesting week full of uh, lots and lots of discussion and and argument. Um, Gruber's piece was very good um, because it was written well. I agreed with pretty much none of it. Um, John Syracuse's article was, you know, as good as you would have expected it to be. Of course, Federico Vitici, you know, he had amazing views, but you heard them on last week's show. Um, and I don't know if you've both had the chance to listen to the talk show. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm into the fourth hour of it right now. It's basically just, they, they talk about Microsoft to start with. And then the second part is just John Syracuse telling John Gruber why he's wrong about everything, which is amazing to hear. Yeah. I got to listen to the second part because I only listened to the first part it's, last night. Like in, in short, it's basically <laughs> John Gruber will say something and then Syracuse will be like, no, see, your basis is, is incorrect. <laughs> it's like you have no basis for this. It's all wrong. Everything you're saying is wrong. 
Um, so it was actually a really, really interesting show because you yeah. know. Well, it's it's kind of been a week of like Apple centric bloggers uh, talking about other co- other companies, right? Because Microsoft bought Nokia's hardware and services divisions. Uh, today, Samsung had some stuff. Sony had some stuff. Like KitKat. Uh, yeah, Android, Google, KitKat. Four is it? Four point five. It's not five. Four point four. It's four point four. Um, they had uh, Amazon had new Kindles. It's been a very busy couple of days, and so like a bunch of people are writing about things they don't really know about, including me. But um, will you give me a moment, or just one moment, to say one thing about KitKat? Uh, yeah. It's delicious. It's this oh, is so one of you. this is one of the greatest marketing uh, schemes. I can't think of a better word. I work in the industry, but can't think of a better word. Campaigns. There it's it one is. of the best marketing campaigns I have seen in such a long time. Neither company paid each other. There was no no money exchanged hands for this. Hmm. But what you've got on each side is um, Google are. Uh, they have now have a great brand name for which to sit their Android, the next Android version on top of. It's a recognizable household worldwide brand name. And the KitKat company are basically selling Android phones and stuff for free. Have you seen the KitKat website? Yeah. It's yeah. KitKat.com. They have just created this hilarious parody of mobile phones and the way that they're presented these days, but you know, in in the guise of a KitKat bar, and it's also it's one of those websites with the amazing scrolling stuff. So, like, they talk about how they have um, world-renowned tri-core wafer-thin CPU with full chocolate coverage, just stuff like that. Like, it's just it's genius. It's and uh, I just think that Google. I think now every version of Android where possible, will have a branded confectionery product um, as the as the name. Yeah. I'm waiting the fa- for... The Andro- fancy scrolling stuff is called Parallax, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause, I'm, but I'm it's waiting not Parallax for, that and, we know, is it? I'm sorry, guys. No, please. Sorry. I just wanted to say that I'm waiting for Android 5 Nutella. That You've got a while to wait, but that'll probably be... Why? You think it's not coming out this year? Uh, no. They go in alphabetical order. 4.4 sounds like a rather minor update. Um, Where's the big 5.01? That could still be a while. Hmm. That could still... If they're not doing... I mean, I've heard some people saying... I mean, I don't know if if anyone's interested anymore, but that um, they're going to wait until they do something in TV for Uh, 5.0. Google's been had really successful TV products in the past, (laughs) so I'm sure it'll go well. I know, I know, but... Well, they've got Chromecast now, which, for all intents and purposes, uh, people would seem to like, including Matt Alexander. Mm. He won't mm. stop telling me about how much he loves his Chromecast, and that's not a euphemism. To circle back to Nintendo for a second, we have some amazing fan art this week. Yes! Fan art is awesome. We've had we've had a few pieces of fan art. I, I yeah. really like it. This, this might be my favorite. So, uh, Andrew Clark, who is half of the... Mini Bar podcast uh, did a little uh, 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 Mario Kart 64 mock-up, but with our faces in it. I was going to see what... So, uh, I am Wario. Uh, Federico, you were Bowser, right? Yeah. Who were you, Mike? I'm I'm Diddy Kong. 
Or Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, probably Donkey Kong, actually. It's, it just says DK, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. Donkey Kong. You and should he, have been Luigi. Well, he said, and this is the attention to detail <laughs> from, from Andrew, he gave me uh, Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong wears a tie and he found a picture of me like that where I'm wearing a tie, so that was why he, <laughs> he yeah. went with that one. It's hmm. pretty good. I like it. Yeah, wow. and I just, I just wanted to say that... Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of articles this week uh, about Nintendo and uh, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. I just wanted to, to conclude by saying that, of course, anyone can have an opinion. I just think that uh, it's important to, to consider the context of, of their opinion. Because if you, if, you, if you say, I'm not a gamer, but I think that Nintendo should do this, I just don't see what are you basing your assumptions on. So, especially with Nintendo, which is uh, uh, this really strange and unique company with a long history in games, and um, you know, it's it's a company that values tradition and and their roots and their franchises even more than Sony or Microsoft. Uh, I think it's important to to not just to be a gamer, but but you know, to be a gamer and and know Nintendo's history. And of course, John Syracuse, uh, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, because he's a gamer. And, and not just a gamer because maybe he plays with his son. He's a gamer because he plays the games himself and he, and he knows the series. He, I mean, Yeah, and uh, he's a big Nintendo ever, fan as well. Uh, he's a big Nintendo fan and a big Zelda fan. So he really knows what, what, what Nintendo is like today and why. So, uh, Mike, could you perhaps find a few links to your hypercritical podcast where, where John talks about Nintendo? Those were great episodes. Yep, I'll find them. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading John's piece on at his personal blog. Cool. Which is called Hypercritical. Yeah, so. hypercritical.co. Yeah. So I've put um, I put episode ninety nine into the show notes of Hypercritical. That was where he spoke about uh, Wii U. Yeah. So that was a good one. Put that in there. So, have we got anything else in the realm of follow-up this week before we move on to topics? Well, I, I told you that I was thinking about getting a Wii U, and now uh, uh, I have pre-ordered mine. What Have you pre-ordered the Zelda one? Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the, the Wind Waker HD uh, 10 days. or Is it more? Maybe, maybe a couple of weeks before the, the retail release. I still think I'm going to buy a uh, physical copy anyway. So, uh, you know, in the meantime, I can play the I can play the game. And as for more follow-up, uh I don't know. Steven, you got you got something? I, I don't know. I'm I'm covered. That's all. That's all I've got. He wasn't even here. Yeah, I just had the mm. prompt cart 64. Mike, it. I think that you should you should talk about something awesome. Something that we really really love dearly. Yeah. It's got to be Squarespace. Mhm. This episode is brought to you by the fine people over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it super easy to create your own website. And get this, guys, during the month of September, they're going to be giving you 20% off and a free trial. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO9. Squarespace is doing great work to keep their platform up to date. They're adding new features, new designs, and improving their support all the time. They have... Over 20 highly customizable templates for you to choose from. They're really beautiful designs that you can get started with, and you have tons of style options 
that you can take advantage of to create a unique website for you or your business. And these designs have won numerous awards from institutions like the Webby's and Forbes. They have over 70 Squarespace employees on their customer care team. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they've won awards for that too. They've won a Gold Stevie Award in customer service recently. Their plans start at just $8 a month, and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Squarespace is for everyone. Whether you need a simple solution to build a website, or you want to go all out with code changes and use their developer platform, nearly every level of customization is available with Squarespace. You can develop your own templates on top of Squarespace's solid infrastructure. That means you don't have to worry about things like hosting, caching, installing software, or configuring your database. But if you want, you can have total control over how your site looks. You can choose a content management system that shares your high standard of design, ensuring that your clients will get a great experience in the back end on top of a great looking website if you want to set up a site for a client maybe you work in some field where you would want to do that and you can manage it all for them and look after it nicely i know that's something that some of my friends have done in the past i believe you did that once Stephen, for a client that you had um but you can correct me if i'm wrong you're not wrong so i want you to go and try all this out for yourself go to squarespace.com you can sign up for a free trial and make sure that when you sign up you will get 20% off this month and support the prompt and all of 5x5 if you use the offer code TALLYHO9. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Sweet. So we have a couple of smaller topics, and then we have a big fun one. Mm-hmm. I would say that the... That, that we start, Federico, with you and your hometown. Yeah. You guys had a pretty big week this week. Oh, yeah. It's basically the, the, the only notable week in Viterbo. <laughs> I'm really so, pleased uh, that they didn't do it on Wednesday, though. So we didn't uh, have- Yeah, it's not like they, they can decide. <laughs> it's just a matter of luck, I guess. Um, <laughs> so so uh, I think I told you guys about this before. So... Um, in my town, uh, there is a, a patron saint, and, and our patron saint is uh, Saint Rose of Viterbo. Uh, she lived in like the 13th century, so a lot of years ago. Before <laughs> America <laughs> even existed. Yeah, wow, it's, it that's really, not possible. Uh, it kind of is. Yeah, you know, America. So, um, so a lot of years ago, there was this girl. And, and, uh, and according to the tradition, she, she made a lot of miracles. And, and uh, you know, there's a, there's a history page on Wikipedia that you can check out. So um, we have this religious uh, celebration uh, for the patron saint. And um, so it's called uh, the Machina of Santa Rosa. Uh, just, so the, everything just sounds so good in Italian. Uh, <laughs> so the Machina, uh, of course, we don't call it the Machina. We call it Machina. Uh, it's so follow me here because the idea is kind of weird. So there are a uh, hundred men dressed in white, carrying on their shoulders uh, this thirty-meter-high uh, tower. All right. So there is this structure, and these people are carrying it uh, across the town, across the center of the town, which is made of really, really narrow roads because it's a medieval center all right can so i just the, for for our other for our world listeners 30 meters is 98 feet yeah did, did you just know that 
Yes. No, he didn't. No, I looked. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have this really, really high structure, and and uh, and it's got a, a it's got a basis with you know with a lot of um, I don't know what's the name. So th- this man can can like can put some uh, protection on their shoulders to to lift the tower and 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 carry around, and they have stops. Like every 200 or 300 meters, they can stop to, to rest, to drink some water, to, to, you know, to kind of catch their breath. And then they, they continue. And so um, this is really, uh, w- when, you, when you see it, uh, it's really something amazing because uh, the, 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 the transportation of the machina happens at night uh, at 10 p.m. on the 3rd of September. And it happens every year. And the model of the machina is changed every five years. There is a contest to choose the, the next designer and the next model of the machina. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, it is commissioned by the, local, uh, by the local government here in Viterbo. So you can, you can build the machina for the next five years. And of course, every year it is tweaked. You know, the, the designer and the engineers can, can tweak the lights or maybe the colors, but the basic structure and design stays the same. So it's kind of like what Apple does for the iPhone only instead of <laughs> two years, every five years. Yeah, so, this year uh, is a better screen, a little bit better battery. Yeah, life. this and it's year in we, uh, gold. So this year was the last year of the current model, which is called Fior del Cielo, which means uh, sky flower. And, so um, sky flower and, S will be next year? <laughs> no, uh, next year it should change if if Viterbo's uh, local authorities have the money to fund the next project. But so. that's a different topic. So, um, so you have this really, really high structure. It is carried by a hundred men, and all the town. Uh, I told you guys before, Viterbo is a really small town. Uh, all the town basically fills up with people and tourists and, and, and uh, you know, from nearby towns and from the bigger city, w- from Rome and from all around Italy. And in the recent, most recent years, uh, f- people, f- you know, from Europe and from, uh, I- I've seen some Americans because it's really thanks to the, to the internet and, 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 you know, social networks and people can see photos and videos on YouTube. So it's really become quite popular. And, um, so you have like, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, 50,000 extra people in Viterbo. So that's like double the, the normal capacity of my <laughs> town. So it's really uh, quite the event. And you should check out the videos on YouTube because uh, it's really hard to describe uh, the, 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 how, in a way, it's strange to see this, uh, this uh, structure completely illuminated by candles and by 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 colored lights carried by all these men uh, really struggling to to you know to walk because it's really that i mean they are carrying uh, over 50 kilograms per man which is uh, what mike in in pounds it's uh, like uh, give me one second <laughs> he's opening a widget uh 100, yeah, so- 110 pounds so yeah and and of course because this structure is really high it oscillates you know, it moves because uh, I'm, this is really complex engineering stuff. I'm not really sure what the words are. I'm sure Dr. Drang will correct me. But because these men are walking and they're carrying it, so you have some slight movements that can, you know, modify the amount of weight that you're carrying. And, and the craziest part is that uh, the latest, uh, the last portion of the, of the, of the, you know, the road where 
this transportation takes place. It's a really, really uh, steep climb. So you have a very steep climb and you have this tower, which is carried by men. So if these men, so long story short, they have to run while carrying it. Because if they don't run, the machina would, would trip backwards because it's a very steep climb. So they, they have to run and they have to pull the machina at the base with, uh, with cords. I guess well, it's the what you guys call them. Yep, uh, ropes. So, yeah, ropes. Uh, so it, they have to. So they add an extra fifty men pulling the ropes, and they add an extra fifty men at the back of the machina, and they run for like uh, another uh, two hundred meters until they reach the very end, where that there sounds- is champ. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, I, and I'm gonna give you the links to 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 see okay. some some videos on YouTube and, I've and got, to I've see got some, some photos. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to describe it in words because it's really something that you sh- that you should experience. And uh, and uh, and this sounds maybe kind of obvious, but it's really I don't think that it, there's anything equal in the in the entire planet. And and every time uh, a friend of mine, uh, maybe people from the internet or maybe uh, you know. Uh, friends from Rome, they come to to see it, and, and it's their first time. Like their jaw completely drops because it's really insane. And even if you don't care about the religious aspect of it, I'm not. Uh, I don't think that I'm the most religious person in the world. But it just it's something to to see because it's really awesome to to know that man can pull something this crazy off, and 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 actually. And actually provide an, an example of, of the kind of strength that, you know, people when are working together, they, they, what they can achieve. And uh, so we had, the, we had the, the prime minister, the Italian prime minister yesterday in Viterbo for, for the event. And uh, I'm pretty sure there were other uh, kind of celebrities watching. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I went to, to a friend's uh, shop because he has this... Um, he has a shop uh, on the road where the machina, you know, walks through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took some photos and videos on Instagram. And um, I saw that you liked them, Mike. I love them. I, I, received, the show notes. I received a, notif- a notification on my phone. You have uh, notifications turned on for that? Yeah, only for Mike. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Because so, I, care, I care about Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's really an awesome and, and strange and unique event. And, um, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult to get across. But you you shared videos and images with me and Stephen. Yeah. And I'm put. I've found them from our conversation, and I'm putting some of them into our show notes, which are at five by five tv slash prompt slash twelve. And I I really urge people to go and just look at the images and watch some of the videos because I fell yeah. in love with it and decided that I'm I'm gonna go there yeah, next year to see it. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to you coming here. And I, uh, when I, it's really difficult to, to, to describe it because when I say, so you have these 100 men uh, carrying a tower, it doesn't make any sense because you're thinking of maybe something <laughs> small. like a dream what? I had once. Yeah, what, 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 what did you smoke today, teachers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, have, you have some men carrying a tower, so go check out the videos and, and you get the idea. No, it's, I'd actually seen videos of it before but i didn't obviously hadn't put together 
that this was in your town. Because um, like you said, the internet really kind of made this like a lot more famous than it, than it was. Um, mm-hmm. And it really is like, it's like stunning. And like to me, there was something like really um, like ancient about it. It's really mm. cool. You know, like, it's yeah. like people have done this for a long time and like you're connected with that somehow. And I, I, I found it really pretty neat. Yeah, and there is all this, you know, preparation for the for the porters, which are called fakini here, and uh, there's all this preparation for for the fakini and, and their their families. So they they you know they spend time together uh, with their, with their with their families uh, at a local church. Uh, so they have lunch together and, and they have some prayers and, and there's a priest, of course, uh, blessing the Fakini with, with, a, with a, an ancient Latin uh, prayer, which I think is called um, In Articulo Mortis, which means uh, in point of death. So, of course, you know, it's, it's a very re- religious, uh, there's a very strong religious aspect. But right. just, you know, the, 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 I guess the, I would say the entertainment aspect for, for, for people we don't care necessarily about that side. It's just amazing to to see yeah. and to experience. And because especially if you if you you know if you take your time to to wait a few hours on the road uh, where where the machina on the roads where the machina passes through, and and you, and you see on the ground this thing moving towards you, it's really. Uh, like I said, it's it's stunning. Yeah. We currently got seventeen links in the show notes document. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we haven't oh, we haven't even got into the we have like more topics to go. Yeah. To so we have a, we have another Italian topic. <laughs> we do. Uh, oh, we do. I see. Yeah. So, so I'm for, ready. Yeah. So prepare yourself. Uh, so okay. bef- before we were setting up for the show, and you know, Mike, you have a studio set up where you got all your stuff all the time, but Mike and or Federico and I don't do this for a living. And so, you know, I, for one, like drive home and like get an ethernet cable out of my closet and like set the mic up and you do all the stuff. And Federico, as we have discussed at length previously <laughs> records wherever he, wherever there's not a party going on. <laughs> um, okay. And Federico is back in the bathroom this week. So he sent us this picture, which will be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> And I just wanted to go through some things about your MacBook Air before we moved on. I oh, think thank God that you, you're, not, you're not judging my toothbrush. Okay. The addition of the towel this week has definitely <laughs> made it sound less bathroom-like, so that's good. That's yes, cool. except that you're probably killing the insides of your MacBook Air by Why? running it too hot. Is the fan Are going you? on the MacBook Air? No. no. Well, that's good. I didn't not know how hot it was in the bathroom. So... The towel, if the fan's not going crazy, I can forgive the towel. But, you know, you're not supposed to use a, a notebook on a pillow or anything because the feet, if you turn it over, it's got little feet and they're designed to keep the base up off the surface so air can move underneath. Oh, someone but, was a genius once. But if the fan is not racing, then you're okay. Hmm. Yay. How, however. However. You, you have a 13-inch MacBook Air. Correct. Yes. Um. And I believe that the resolution of the 13-inch uh, MacBook Air <laughs> is – oh, God, I'm on Mavericks. Don't tell me. But some sort of resolution that is wider than it's, it is tall. It's 1440 by 900. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you said 14, I, like, remembered. 
Uh, funnily, 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 fun. On a fun note. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funnily. Fun- yeah, funnily, yeah. Funnily. Fun- funnily enough, uh, the built-in display, the little system preference, and Mavericks has a MacBook Air with a Tiger wallpaper, but I digress. You have put your dock on the bottom. Well, you have left your dock on the bottom. That's where Apple puts it from the factory. Yeah. And I have a, I have a, a, a complaint with the dock on the bottom. I mean, it's that, where Tim Cook put it. What well, are you doing wrong? <laughs> it is where Steve Jobs put it, because the next step, it was on the side. Yes. Yeah, by default. Um, and the side is where it belongs, because you have less real estate vertically. So why would you... So right now, my... Fire up X scope. My dock is uh, forty. So mine's on the side, but it's it's forty seven pixels wide. So it'd be you know forty seven fifty pixels tall. Why would you take that much vertical real estate away? Why not put the dock on the side and have more vertical real estate? Also, because the dock of, again because of mu- muscle memory. That's you can outgrade that. Federico, no, Federico, no. tell him you run all your apps in full screen, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I run all my. Are apps you serious? In full screen. No, <laughs> no, I just. I, Mike told me. <laughs> do you do everything Mike tells you? Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm just saying so, the doc. The doc belongs on the side. I won't even say which side. I, I said which side one time, and the world exploded. But yeah, because it's left, and you, and you don't have it left. So, well. I you not important. You guys are really you guys are really weird. So let me move on from the doc. Hey, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, you're collaborating on this insanity. Please continue. (laughs) So the next thing is less of a major issue, but you're using the default wallpaper. Oh, oh, such a how did I dare using the default wallpaper? Are you Uh, using the Mavericks one? No, he's running the mountain line. No, no, you. Me? What should I? What should I use? Sorry. Um, what, do you have a better one? A picture uh, of any, your lovely anything. girlfriend. A picture of your lovely girlfriend. A picture of the beautiful country in which you live. A picture of me and Mike. Why like, should? Why should I have a picture of you guys in the first place? Because I have a great picture of us. Yeah, we, how, we took some, we took some a, romantic pictures in San Francisco. We have never met. How can you have pictures of me on your desktop? No, not. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just saying there's an opportunity to have something okay. cool with desktop wallpaper. And and mm-hmm. I can see that you're running Mountain Line and not Mavericks. The, the the final thing, and the thing, I can forgive the wallpaper. I could even maybe forgive the dock. And you can for, forgive the towel. And, well, the, your fan's not racing, so you're not hurting anything. So, But what is the, the most the, outrageous point? The, the, thing, the thing, Federico, that when I saw it, I don't know what dying <laughs> feels like. But I think it was pretty close. <laughs> if you look at that image, you have... Let me pull it up. I saved it. Uh, you have what appears to be two folders and a PNG on your desktop. <laughs> wow. But the problem, you, I guess, is... Re- it's not that they're on your desktop. It's, it's that <laughs> there's no... There's no order They're just it. floating around. <laughs> because Things this is should how be sorted... Use- Things should be sorted, or at the very least, aligned to a grid. If you don't want to what? sort them by name, like I do, because I'm a grown-up, that's fine. I put don't them on have a grid. OCD. 
I don't have OCD. I don't need them to be on a grid. They're just there. I'm gonna take a, take care of them later. <laughs> Do you ever move them around, like for fun? So are you gonna sue me or, or something? Well, no, I can't. I'm just I'm trying to help you. <laughs> I Do want I, to, but I can't. <laughs> Do I, you're Do you're I technically not breaking any laws. Do I get a ticket, officer? <laughs> so I'm just I'm just looking out for you. Um, <laughs> for, for what? What's gonna to, happen to me? I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, I mean, today. I'm gonna switch today. It's unaligned folders on the desktop. Tomorrow it's crystal meth. Like, <laughs> okay, it's a slippery. This slide. is how Heisenberg started. Oh yeah, because he didn't align his icons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but you anyways. know, you know, you know yes. who didn't who didn't use the the default wallpaper? Who? Gustavo Fring. Well, yeah. True story, man. T- true story. Because <laughs> Breaking Bad is a documentary. <laughs> Wait, it's not? Huh. So, I'm just saying. Okay, there, you're probably There's certain right ways about- to do things. There's my way, and there's the wrong way. No, there's my way, and there's your way, and mine is right. Hmm. Yours is madness. You live in a world without order. I live in Italy. So that's a point. Wait, is the government <laughs> making you do this? Blink do once, blink once if the <laughs> blink once if the mafia is lining your dock. <laughs> well, this is not a video chat. How can you tell? I'm you don't know that. that. <laughs> oh, NSA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. hey guys, look at me blinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just saying if. Um, Maybe I'll put a little ebook together how to set up your Mac. Okay, grown up. <laughs> you should call it how to set up to set up a Mac for grown ups by Stephen Ackett. Comma a grown up. <laughs> a grown up. <laughs> a quote unquote grown up. <laughs> um so we do we, let's take it down a notch um from this insanity and, and go back to a world of calm. Now in Stephen's absence last week, he decided to put something together, a, a very special report for us. So it's a, a from the field correspondent report via one of our own hosts of the show. Yeah, so it's, yeah. please tee this up for, for the listeners, Stephen, what they're about to hear. So we'll, we'll get to this, but um, next week Apple will have their um, iPhone, what assumingly the iPhone event. Um, on September the 10th. And I just got to thinking that this has now been, um, you know, so, you know, so what, six years of, of iPhone keynotes. First one being in January of 2007. And uh, I was just thinking, like, I wonder how those have changed over the years. Um, and so I did this little thing and uh, kind of walking through some of the highlights, the highlight reel of, uh, of past iPhone keynotes. And... Uh, I think uh, we'll uh, play that for you now. From the field. Today, we're introducing three revolutionary products of this class. The first one is a widescreen iPod with touch controls. The second 
is a revolutionary mobile phone. And the third is a breakthrough internet communications device. So, three things. A widescreen iPod with touch controls, a revolutionary mobile phone, and a breakthrough internet communications device. An iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. An iPod, a phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. In what is widely regarded as his best public keynote address, Steve Jobs announced the original iPhone at Macworld Expo in January of 2007. It was a presentation that the Apple universe, even the world, has yet to forget. At the end of the keynote, Jobs spoke about Apple as a company and drew the line from the Macintosh in 1984 and the iPod in 2001 to the iPhone. You know, I didn't sleep a wink last night. And uh, I was so excited about today because we've been so lucky at Apple. We've had some real revolutionary products. The Mac in 1984 is an experience that those of us that were there will never forget. And I don't think the world will forget it either. The iPod in 2001 changed everything about music. And we're going to do it again with the iPhone in 2007. We're very excited about this. You know, there's an old Wayne Gretzky quote that I love. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not where it has been. And we've always tried to do that at Apple, since the very, very beginning. And we always will. So thank you very, very much for being a part of this. While it was a bold statement to make for a product that was still six months from being released, history has proven Jobs correct. At WWDC of the same year, just 18 days before the iPhone shipped, Steve Jobs spoke about Mac OS X Leopard and Safari for Windows. After over an hour on stage, he finally got to the iPhone. Now, what about developers? What about developers? We have been trying to come up with a solution to expand the capabilities of iPhone by letting developers write great apps for it and yet keep the iPhone reliable and secure. And we've come up with a very sweet solution. The solution was a, quote, innovative new way to create applications for mobile devices. Jobs went on to explain that because the entire Safari engine was built into every iPhone, web apps were an excellent way to develop and deliver services to users. Security wouldn't be an issue for Apple, developers, or end users, Jobs claimed. Before inviting Scott Forsall up to the stage, 
Jobs claimed that because no SDK was required, developers could go live on June 29th for the iPhone's original launch. The room was silent through Forstall's demo. While web apps could dial phone numbers and launch the email composer, it was pretty clear that the developers present wanted more. In Macworld 2008, the iPhone enjoyed more keynote time. It had been on sale for just 200 days at that point, and Jobs reported that 4 million units had been sold, an average of 20,000 per day. While the SDK had been previously announced, it would be two more months before Apple would show it off. Instead, the iPhone got several new features. First, maps with location. We've completely rewritten the UI, and we now have the ability to find your current location in maps. Web clips. You can now make web clips of your favorite websites and put them right on the home screen. You can customize the home screen and create up to nine total home screens that you can flick between. You can SMS multiple people at once. When you're watching videos, you can have chapters and navigate through your videos with chapters. And if it supports it, you can have subtitles and alternate languages. And if you have lyrics, we support displaying of lyrics now in the iPod. After some demonstrations, Jobs' keynote turned to the original MacBook Air. But the company was back in full force just two months later, on March 6, 2008. A month later than the February date previously promised. The presentation took place in Apple's town hall room on its Cupertino campus. This room has now been made famous for introductions including the original iPod in September of 2001. Jobs opened the event with updated sales data about the iPhone. While RIM still commanded 41% of the U.S. smartphone market, Apple was catching up with 28% after just two quarters worth of sales. After that housekeeping, Jobs turned the stage over to Phil Schiller and Scott Forstall. Schiller outlined Apple's efforts to make the iPhone play nicely with the Enterprise. He pimped companies and universities using the phone and correctly predicted that some changes to the iPhone software would only help Apple gain a larger foothold in the Enterprise. Schiller announced Exchange and VPN support, as well as better tools for things like deployment and security of devices on a mass scale. March 6, 2008 is when Apple started in after research in motion. Schiller took a shot at the company in his presentation, outlining the company's infrastructure and how it worked, calling it expensive, old-fashioned, and unreliable, all while claiming that Microsoft Exchange support was a far superior way. While this keynote would be an infamous date in RIM's history, the event is more likely to be remembered by historians for the iPhone SDK. Scott Forstall took the stage to introduce it. After highlighting several well-done web apps that had cropped up since the iPhone's launch, including sites by Facebook and Bank of America, he moved into the SDK itself. Starting today, we are opening up the same native APIs and tools that we use internally to build all our iPhone applications. This means that third-party developers can build native iPhone applications using the same SDK that we do. Now, there are a lot of pieces that make up an SDK, but the most important piece is the set of APIs. It's the platform. That suits us well, because Apple is a platform company. We have the most advanced platform in the world in the form of Mac OS X. And Mac OS X is comprised of four architectural layers. We start with the core OS, then we have core services, 
a media layer, and Coco. Coco is our user interface application framework. To build the iPhone OS, we started by taking the bottom three layers of Mac OS X and moved them straight across to form the basis of the iPhone OS. Now, Coco's interesting. Coco is the best application framework out there. But it's based on mouse and keyboard input. So we took everything we knew about creating a great object-oriented user interface application framework with Coco, and everything we knew about creating a touch API for the iPhone, and we combined them, and we built Coco Touch. Apps and games ran fluidly in their demos, and the Apple VP praised the technology behind the scenes over and over. At the end of his presentation, he raised a question. How do users get these on their phones? Steve Jobs had the answer, the App Store. So you're a developer, and you've just spent two weeks or maybe a little bit longer writing this amazing app, and what is your dream? Your dream is to get it in front of every iPhone user, and hopefully they love it and buy it, right? That's not possible today. Developers don't, most developers don't have those kinds of resources. Even the big developers would have a hard time getting their app in front of every iPhone user. Well, we're going to solve that problem for every developer, big to small. And the way we're going to do it is what we call the App Store. This is an application we've written to deliver apps to the iPhone. And we're going to put it on every single iPhone with the next release of the software. After walking through the customer-facing features of the App Store, Jobs got down to business. Developers could pick their price and would get 70% of revenues right off the top. Apple's 30% would cover all credit card, hosting, and marketing charges. And if an app was listed as free, there would be no charges to anyone. Jobs didn't beat around the bush when it came to what would be accepted in the store. Apps that included pornography proved to be malicious or illegal would not be allowed. In closing, Jobs announced that the iPhone OS 2.0 release would include support for third-party apps and the enterprise features that had been outlined during the presentation, and it would ship in June for free for every iPhone user. June 2008 would also mark the release of the iPhone 3G. After what seemed like about 450 third-party app demos and Phil Schiller announcing MobileMe, Jobs took the stage at WWDC, outlining the challenges keeping the iPhone from performing the way Apple wanted it to. As we arrive at iPhone's first birthday, we're going to take it to the next level, and today we're introducing the iPhone 3G. The iPhone 3G sported the same screen and processor as its predecessor, but featured a new case and better audio. The key feature, however, was better, faster networking along with GPS. The iPhone 3G's price was far lower than the original iPhones as well and launched in 22 countries on July 11th. Steve closed out his keynote as you might expect. Let's go ahead and run the ad. It's finally here. The first phone to beat the iPhone. 
It surfs the web and downloads data twice as fast for half the price. Introducing the new iPhone 3G. In September 2008, Apple announced that over 3,000 applications have been built for the iPhone using the native SDK. By the time March 2009's iPhone OS 3.0 roadmap keynote rolled around, the number had mushroomed to 25,000. By WWDC 2009, the number had doubled to 50,000. iOS 3.0, still known as iPhone OS at the time, marked the addition of features like cut, copy, and paste, MMS, and more. Even new MacBook Pros and OS X Snow Leopard lived in the shadow of the big story, the iPhone 3GS. So the iPhone 3G has been great. And that's why I'm really excited to tell you about an entirely new version, the iPhone 3GS. Now the S, the S simply stands for... It stands for speed, because this is the most powerful, fastest iPhone we've ever made. It has the same great design of the iPhone 3G that we just launched last summer, but what's inside is entirely new. This is a really fast iPhone. Everything you do all day long, you'll find incredible speed-ups. For example, something as simple as launching a messaging application 2.1 times faster, loading a game like SimCity 2.4 times faster. While Apple clearly pushed the new phone's raw power as reason enough for users to update, the iPhone 3GS also featured an all-new camera. Autofocus, auto-white balance, and auto-exposure all came built in. Additionally, the 3GS marked the first iPhone that could capture video. The iPhone 3GS also brought voice control to the table. It's the simplest thing. You're in an application anywhere on your iPhone. You hold down the home button. And after just a second, a brand new user interface pops up. The voice control interface. It's really cool. There's a waveform right across the center that shows the amplitude of your voice as it's being listened to by the iPhone. And talk about easy to use. The commands you can make are scrolling by right on the screen so you know what to say. The iPhone 3GS launched on June 19th, 2009. In 2010, however, only one iPhone made headlines, a prototype iPhone 4 picked up by Gizmodo. The handset featured a new flat glass back, front-facing camera, and a higher-resolution screen. The incident made national news as police raided reporter Jason Chen's home. The scandal made it into Steve Jobs' keynote as he discussed the new design. We're introducing iPhone 4. This is really hot. And there are, there are well over a hundred new features, and we don't have time to cover all of them today, so I get to cover eight of them with you. Eight new features of the iPhone 4. The first one, an all-new design. Now, stop me if you've already seen this. <laughs> Believe me, you ain't seen it. 
Jobs went on to describe the new phone, complete with a retina display, a far better rear-facing camera, and the first custom-designed system on a chip from Apple, dubbed the A4. The iPhone 4 shipped with iOS 4, FaceTime, and a new multitasking scheme. In his keynote, Jobs confirmed just about everything in Gizmodo's report, including the phone's antenna system, which would prove to be a bigger deal than Apple would have wanted. Soon after the iPhone 4's release, stories began popping up that by holding the iPhone 4 in a particular fashion, users could force the device to drop a call. On June 16, 2010, Apple held a press conference, and Steve Jobs opened it in an unusual way. Jobs went on to explain how the formula Apple had used to calculate the number of bars to display was wrong. Apple promised to correct the issue in a software update, fixing the, quote, mistake, which he said had been present from the very first version of the iPhone OS. Jobs then shared that according to AT&T research, the average iPhone 4 experienced less than one additional drop per 100 calls over the iPhone 3GS. To squash any rumors that Apple was perhaps over its head when it came to engineering, he showed photos of labs and testing chambers. For a short time, these were also available on Apple's website, but have since been removed. After the event, a handful of journalists were invited to a behind-the-scenes tour of these facilities. In addition to an iOS update to address the signal strength issue, Apple launched a program to give every iPhone user a free case. Secondly, a lot of people have told us The bumper solves the signal strength problem. Consumer Reports is the latest one this week. We've heard it from a lot of people. Why don't you just give everybody a case? Okay, great. Let's give everybody a case. A year later at WWDC 2011, the company showed off OS X Lion and iOS 5. On stage, Scott Forstall touted the fact that Apple had sold 200 million iOS devices iOS 5 brought iMessage, wireless iTunes syncing, and notification center to the masses. Instead of closing things out with new iPhone hardware, Steve Jobs took the stage for what would be the last time and introduced iCloud. In October of that year, just one day before Steve Jobs' death, the company held an event at Town Hall. In re-watching that keynote, it's clear that the executives on the stage were heavy-hearted. There's even an empty chair in the front row, marked as reserved. After reviewing the announcements made at WWDC, Phil Schiller introduced the iPhone 4S. The 4S retained the same shape and design as the 4, but was built for CDMA and GSM networks at launch. The camera had once again been greatly improved, and since it was all powered by the new A5 chip, things ran much faster. The 4S had a new trick up its sleeve, however, and Scott Forstall got to demo it. What is the weather like today? Here's the forecast for today. 
It is that easy. Forsall hammered home that Siri's goal was to understand the meaning behind users' questions and that the technology wasn't limited to the exact phrasing used. 2012 showed that 2011 was not a fluke, and as spring and summer came without an iPhone hardware announcement. In September, however, Apple held an event to introduce the iPhone 5. They're the thinnest and lightest phones we have ever made, and even with that, the team has packed in innovation at every level of the design. It's the most innovative display with that 4-inch retina display. It's got ultra-fast wireless with LTE and faster Wi-Fi. The brand new generation A6 chip with double the performance, and it's smaller and more energy efficient. An all-new EyeSight camera, as well as FaceTime camera, and that killer panorama feature. It's got all-new audio systems with new microphones, new earpiece, and we've got the lightning connector, and of course iOS 6. Many of the features found on the iPhone 5 could be found on Android handsets as well. And some critics have said that Apple is playing catch-up to the likes of Samsung, Motorola, and HTC. The iPhone 5 has been on the market for a year and is set to be replaced this fall by something new. Undoubtedly, Apple will stick to the script that's outlined over the last six years. First, reminding the media of the impressive place Apple occupies in the mobile industry, just to brush it all under the rug in the light of something new. Hooray, it's done! The, ma- the magic of editing. Wow, this is really weird. So this thing is happening, like like it's playing in- on the air? <laughs> no, we're just leaving um, it. What's happening? Just- <laughs> I never... I never understood how heading works. Right, so I will... I will. When I, when I was a kid and, and my mother would tell me that a program was pre-recorded and then put on the television, like, I, I couldn't grasp the idea of recorded people streamed later. I know, it's really, you know, maybe I'm, I'm strange like that. Right, so so to move on from your <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep all that. That all stays yeah. in. That's staying in. Um, <laughs> when we say editing, we're not getting rid of that. Bit. Yeah. So I, I had a couple uh, before we get into talking about next week's event. I had a couple of just um, uh, reflections, I guess, on the last you know six years of events. You know, for a long time, the first several years, Apple would have a March event just to talk about iPhone software, and. Um, They've since stopped doing that. You know, and they now. used to do a roadmap as well, didn't they? Well, that's what I mean. That was in yeah. March. That's what they called the events, like a oh, roadmap event. Oh, sorry, sorry. And so they announced uh, the SDK, I, or iPhone OS 3, and iOS 4, iPhone OS 4 that way as well. Um, but with 5, 6, and now 7, you know, they've been part of bigger events, um, you know, WWDC. And I think that really shows, like, how much like how important iOS has become to Apple that yes, like having its own event, like that signifies importance, but it's not like worthy of like stage time on WWC because that's reserved for the Macintosh. And now obviously if you look at any Simcoe graph on the internet, the iPhone is what makes Apple its mountains of cash. And so you see, you see WWDC being about iOS seven and OS 10 just being a software event. Yeah, WWDC is the iPhone software event now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's um, where the next version of iOS is premiered. Like, that's the yeah. point of its existence in 2013. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we saw this year. We saw iOS 7, we saw Mavericks, and then again, some random hardware stuff. Um, but to shift, to, to allow for that, they have shifted back the iPhone hardware to the fall. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. I wrote a little bit about it, how they're just basically trying to juice the holiday quarter for everything they can get. But, you know, they, they, they've always, even with March software and summer hardware, now with summer software and fall hardware, they need a three- to four-month time to run betas. The phase that we're in now, that's assumedly coming to an end very soon. But what also struck me was, like, I'd kind of forgotten, like, how simple the first versions of iOS were. Like, yep. no, I mean, obviously no apps, but, like, no copy and paste until, I think, version 3. Uh, no multitasking until uh, 4. Um, it's like, they really, like, started... I mean, as Apple does, right? Apple starts with something simple, and then they just keep hammering away at it until it becomes something much more powerful. And something that you would have got to have seen was how many times they said they were going to do push notifications before they actually came to the phone. Because to my memory, they did about two or at least two keynotes where they said they would be implemented, but it never happened. Yeah, I mean, that. yes, I think that... That wasn't as big of a story as maybe we remember it being. Because I remember like seeing that. Cause, so now I have like 80 gigs of keynotes on my <laughs> MacBook Air. But um, they've definitely they had some misfires with that. You know, they had things like the SDK was supposed to be out like in February of 2008. Or be announced in February 2008 and wasn't announced to uh, the event was like the middle of March. So like you can see things where they miss dates or they slip a little bit. The other thing that's really interesting is the market share. Like, so remember Steve Jobs, 2007 is like, we want like 1% or whatever it was. And they got that basically instantly and how that grew. And what's really interesting is every time Apple's part of the pie chart gets bigger, it's Blackberry that's coming out of it's uh, rim that's shrinking. Huh? And of course, you know, that's very timely this week. You know, there's even news today about Blackberry. You know, they're basically circling the drain. Um, like, it's really interesting to see, like, yes, obviously Android had a large part to do with that because Android was growing, although slower than iOS for a while, was growing too. But those early years, it was Apple that was eating their lunch. And um, it's really interesting in hindsight. Like, I, I almost didn't notice the trend at the time. I mean, you obviously you saw it and thought about it, but, like, in hindsight, it's so obvious that Apple's the company that destroyed REM. Um yeah, and I can't wait to to read some analysis on uh, about about RIM and BlackBerry on on Nintendo blogs. <laughs> he won't let it go. He's this so this is gonna happen, right? This is gonna so happen too. So angry. Um, I'm, I'm angry. No, I don't think I'm you are. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. What I'm what I'm really looking forward to. I thought about this this morning. Um, you know, with the Jobs movie and stuff, we're, we're hearing a lot about the original Macintosh and even the iPod creation to a degree. But I'm really interested in like 15 years, like the tell-all books about the iPhones, like creation and what the crap happened at BlackBerry. Like, you know, which still sounds yeah. weird. It's rim in my mind. But like, how do they go so so far off the rails so quickly? You know, they had a very famously they had a meeting after the iPhone launch, and their engineers deemed it to be fake, that Apple was faking it, that you couldn't do that. You couldn't make something so smooth on a touchscreen. And like, uh, guys, like... Because <laughs> if you think whoops. nobody could or was doing it like that, touchscreens, I think that there was a... that everyone was a little bit dubious because we'd use touchscreens on other devices and they were never that good. 
you know, because we'd use capacitive touchscreens pretty much everywhere if we'd ever used any. So I think everybody was surprised just how precise and how well it seemed to work with just your finger. Hmm. Can I yeah. can I be that guy and and just come out and say that I think Steve Jobs and and Forsall were much better much better presenters on stage than what we have today. You can be that guy because I I agree with you. I, I agree too. Forstall especially. Forstall was actually yeah. brilliant at that. Yeah, like I yeah. I had kind of written him off to a degree in that, but like watching back, especially yeah. like Siri and like some like stuff that obviously he was very connected with, very passionate. Now he had like crazy eyes. Like you can't look at Scott yeah. Forstall directly or his soul will come out. <laughs> but besides that, like really I the, intense, the IS, really good. Five keynote, the IS5 keynote was uh, epic, you know? Yeah. And there was... Because it's coming out and saying, you know, we have notification center. People are like, whoa, we have... Uh, what was another feature? Uh, IS5. So there was um, reminders. Yeah. I mean, I remember it was really, really good. And when you're listening to, like, listening back to the, the clips that you pulled down, Stephen, I can't remember what it was, but it was one of Phil Schiller. And he's just like tripping over himself, like yeah, he's improved. He's improved a lot. <laughs> yes. um, if you, the first time I really remember Phil Schiller being on stage, I mean, he was he's been on stage forever, but the first one I really remember was the iMac G5. They they released it at MacWorld Expo Paris in like two thousand and five. Um, the date might be wrong, but uh, it was during Jobs' first leave of absence, and so Phil Schiller gets up and like. It's not very good. Like it's, I mean, he's way better than like any of the three of us could do, even put together. But Jobs and Forstall set such a high bar. Like Phil Schiller's an excellent public speaker, but in reality, it's like, well, you're next to like the superstar. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just it was it was a lot of fun going back through it. Um. And I think you know I think looking forward to next week, they're going to follow the same template. We're going to see. Big overall, like we now have, I don't know, 200 billion apps for sale and we've sold 700 billion phones and we have, you know, 400 million credit card accounts and iTunes. And like the iPhone 5 is really good, you know, pimp the iPhone 5 and they say, today we're throwing it away and we got the 5S, which is this and the 5C and whatever else we're going to do. Yeah, Schiller will come out and do that stuff and then Federighi will come out and demo iOS 7 again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll see 7 again. You know what milestone is coming up? The, it's the one million apps on the App Store. I thought they hit I think that. We're close. Yeah, it's over. Uh, uh, let me see. It's Do you over, mean one million apps submitted? Yeah, one million apps. Yeah. Okay. Be- because uh, the 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 last number was uh, nine hundred thousand. Yeah, maybe over nine hundred thousand. But they probably hit so. it now, then, haven't they? That they'll probably announce that. Yeah, uh, they'll announce it. Yeah, yeah here's, a, here's a story from Mashable that Google Play has one million apps and yeah. um, that then the Apple's right behind it. So I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so next week will be uh, a big week. I, I don't think there's any point in really talking about predictions. I think everybody you know, pretty much expects basically the same thing. So There's not going to be anything we don't no. already know. I, I don't think so. And like we can definitely talk about that at some point in the future, like how keynotes are sort of depressing now because everybody knows everything but yeah um that's if you read the rumor sites and i just read mac stories so i don't really know what's going really? on really oh thanks man that's awesome you're welcome <laughs> not telling the truth oh, there's, there's a tele- there's a television coming out according to gene master that's probably <laughs> not true 
But um, hey, Stephen, thank you for putting that together. You're welcome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, that was I, great. I broke oh, okay. my computer. <laughs> it's yeah, a humongous GarageBand file. Um, so you you broke your computer and then you're judging mine. Okay. No, I didn't break it. It was just working, working really hard. Um, I still one day want to do that. Do like a when we have a slow news. So maybe in the summer, I want to. I want the three of us to watch the iPhone introduction keynote again, and we'll do a full sort of play by play audio clips and stuff. And yeah, it'd be fun. I really, I, I really, really want to do that. So we will yeah. do that probably sometime next year when when we have a quiet week. We need yeah. to fill those quiet weeks. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Right. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. So, um, shall we move on to picks? Weekly picks. Yeah, we haven't done this for a while. Mike, do you want to lead us off? Uh, I will in two seconds when I just finish writing down the timestamp for the picks, which I have now finished. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> weekly picks. Weekly picks. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about a, uh, a cooking application. Um, and this app, I believe, has won an Apple Design Award. Um, and it's Jamie Oliver's Recipes app. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that it has won an award. I'll check that in a moment. But maybe one of you guys can check it for me. So basically, this is an application where you get the ability to go in and see a... Um, a list of recipes that uh, Chef Jamie Oliver has put together. I believe that he's he's known in America um, for coming over and trying to change all of your food and you all got upset about it. It's all very boring now, just potatoes and crumpets. Exactly. Um, so in the application, you have different packs of food and there's a, like a taster pack, which is kind of your free pack, and then you su- can subscribe to it like a magazine. Um, and then there there are different like there are new packs added all the time um, on the second Wednesday of every month there's a whole new set of recipes which can range from like 10 to 25 recipes and when you go in what you get is you get a whole list of, of different meals which are sort of categorized into like the meal type that they are whether they're like a main or a dessert or something and then you can select it um, you can choose how many people you want it to serve, and then it will give you the recipe for that. But there's also uh, related videos, so he'll show you how to like different knife skills, um, chopping board tips, uh, how to prepare prepare chili properly without burning your face off. Um, <laughs> then it has it has all of the ingredients that you need to make your portion sizes, and you can add um, shopping lists. You can add them all to shopping lists, which is another part of the application. So then you can go into the shopping list part so you can go around and buy all the ingredients that you need. Um, and there's a whole, like as well as just offering related videos, there's videos for all different um, types of stuff that you might want to make. So if there's like a specifically difficult ingredient that you need to do some additional prep for, there's a video for it. Um, and I've just been looking at it recently because I want to try and uh, cook a little bit more. And uh, it seems like the perfect app. And I, I, I am a fan of uh, Jamie Oliver as a TV personality and, and chef in the UK. Um, so this is, for me, the sort of the perfect app for that. And he has he has a bunch of different apps, actually, um, on the store. But this is this is the main one. And it's called Jamie's Recipes. Do you, do you cook much, Mike? No, that's why I need this app hmm. to help me. So I'm you're going to use this app and you're going to learn how to cook and yeah. then you're going to prepare a dinner for me. For you, yes. All right. And as Federico just pointed out, it won an Apple Design Award in 2010. 
But it's a very nicely designed application. Like, it really is very, very, very nicely designed. It's iPhone 5 optimized and all of that stuff. So. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Federico, what do you have? Yeah, I got, I got a new app that I, ju- that I bought today, and I'm really liking it so far. And it's called uh, One Rider. So it's, uh, but it's one with a digit, not the, the word. And uh, it's 99 cents. Um, and it's a universal app for the, for the iPhone and iPad. And so you guys know that I'm, I'm really into this new uh, Markdown text editor, uh, which is called Editorial for the iPad. But I'm still looking for a great solution on the iPhone because Editorial isn't universal. So I, I, really, I really want an app to, to put you know, quick posts together on the iPhone because I'm not going to write uh, a, a long review or maybe an opinion piece on the iPhone, but I still maybe need to you know, kind of put together a, a quick link to, to post on the site. And um, I, was really, I was really bummed out when I, when I, when I learned that the poster app uh, was acquired by, by, by the guys at uh, Automatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking for a new editor, and, and this one is really good because uh, so it, it's a it's a Markdown text editor. So it's got all the basic features. You can write in Markdown. You can see a preview of a, of what the Markdown is gonna look like. But there is just one feature that that I really like, and it's the fact that you can set up your own sharing actions. So of course this is based on URL schemes. So you can build your own commands to to share text or even just selected text that you wrote in one writer. So I can put together a quick, a quick, you know, a quick note or a quick document and I, and I can build my own, I don't know, maybe send to Pythonista or send to WordPress or send to Evernote action uh, that is going to use a, a URL to, to send the current document from an iPhone. So this is universal, but I'm using it primarily on the iPhone because I've been playing with it all afternoon. So uh, I created all these menus and, and these actions. I can write in the app and I can send the text off to, to, to my Pythonista script that takes care of posting to WordPress. So this is really magic because I, I'm doing it from an iPhone. So because now uh, I've kind of like gotten used to the magic of editorial on the iPad. But on the iPhone, you know, I still need something as good. And this is not editorial, but it's, it's something that it's much better than the majority of text editors that are trying the iPhone because they don't let you build your own actions. So I want to I wanna create my own actions with URL schemes. And besides that, this app has quite uh, a nice feature set because you can add Dropbox folders, multiple ones as well. You can, you can use iCloud if you're crazy enough to use iCloud instead of Dropbox. And you have, a, you have this swipeable extra keyboard row with all the markdown shortcuts. Nice. And, and so, yeah, there's really a lot of stuff going on, but it's really clean, really uh, basically ready for, for the iOS 7 design. Maybe it needs a few tweaks to the buttons and, and the UI, but it's really clean. And uh, you, you have teams, so you can choose a, a red team or a blue team or a silver one and a darker one. And it supports uh, to-dos with, with plain text, and you can tag documents. So there's really a lot of stuff going on. 99 cents on the App Store, one writer, and, uh, and it's spelled with a digit. And, and uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce the developer name, but I'm sure that you guys will offer your opinion. I think it's Ngok Lu. <laughs> so yeah, really great app. I'm really digging it. Uh, and you can share the actions that you make. So if you want to know my actions, 
uh, I, I don't, I'm not sending them to you guys because you guys drilled me today for, for my MacBook. <laughs> you, were, you were not nice to me. But I'm going to share them with... No, I'm, I'm joking. Share them I, with I'm everyone else. Not <laughs> I'm going to share them with the listeners if, if they want them. So uh, really great app. Uh, really recommend it. Have you cool. seen uh, Wordbox? Oh, yeah, it's the one that was mentioned on the ATP. Yeah, very nice-looking yeah. application, actually. It hasn't got your um, magical action stuff, but it looks really mm. good. And it has uh, the cursor thing that it has, like the cursor placement thing, is amazing. Oh, it's got, like, one of those uh, fake track balls yeah. in the middle of the key. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's... I was very, very impressed. Do you remember when notebooks used to come with those things? I was using one today. (laughs) ThinkPads still do. Yeah, my work machine has it, and I use it. I use it quite a lot. Seriously? I I like it on the ThinkPad. Because the trackpad is unusable. Oh, right. It's, I've, I can't understand how you could make a trackpad not work properly. I kind of wish you could run OS X on a ThinkPad. Yeah. So. Steven, what's your pick? Thank you, Federico. Thank you, Federico. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm not talking to you, Stephen, today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Silent treatment. <laughs> um, so mine is a, a Mac app called AirMail. And Mike, you actually turned me on to this. Um, it's a mail client for OS X. It's two bucks, which is like suspiciously cheap. But it's uh, it's not bad. Um, I did it because I wanted my work, which is a Google Apps account, in a separate app than Mail so I could quit it and not worry about it when I get home. Um, it's not the most polished app in the world. It's still pretty early. They're only up to version uh, 1.0.5. Um, but there's a couple of things that, that I really like. Um, it It's built around Gmail very much, so it has some really nice archiving. It has some special tags. You can, like, you know how Mailbox, you can, like, slide it over and tell it, you know, to disappear for seven days or something? It's not quite like that, but it can like tag a mail or an email as like to do or note or something like that, and you can set custom ones up. Um, one thing I really like is the way it handles uh, labels or you know folders, um, which are kind of interchangeable in Gmail, but not really. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna send a screenshot of this. I'm gonna try to do it without showing anything confidential. Let's see if I can do it. Um, so I have I have in my work email, a folder basically for every client. So I can like very easily find in my archive, you know, where something might be. And what I really like about it is it gives those, um, folders a color. And so, um, you know, client one and client two and client three might be like dark blue, blue and light green and kind of gradients them. So it's really easy to like, pick out, you know, I know that, like, client A is always yellow, and yeah. it's very easy to spot those those messages. It's like a rainbow. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it's a couple other things that, that are pretty nice. Uh, it supports uh, Dropbox, Google Drive, Dropler, and Cloud App for uh, attachments, um, which I think is something that, you know, the, the Dropbox especially is kind of popular now, where you, instead of sending actual file around that you just, you put it in the mail app and it uploads to Dropbox and actually puts a link in. Um, so it does that. Um, but, you know, pretty nice app. It lacks a little polish. It's not the best thing in the world when it comes to that. But if you're looking for an alternative mail client for the Mac um, that's actively developed, which is the hard part, right? Because, like, yep. Sparrow is not acti- actively developed anymore. Um, pretty nice. And it has push notifications, um, 
or you know, notification center, notifications, whatever they're called in the Mac, um, that work just like the the mail one. So, um, pretty cool app. I wish, I almost wish it was more. Like two dollars feels like like it's really cheap, and actually made me think the app was kind of a piece of garbage. But I t- Mike, I took your recommendation on it, and I like it, and I would pay more for it. So, if you're listening, you charge more for your app. But uh, AirMail for Mac is my my does pick. It, does it support AppleScript? Say what? Does it support Apple Script? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, but it looks re- it looks really good. Yeah, Mike, they do support. D- did you hmm. know that that Apple actually actually added new Apple Script definitions to 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 iTunes this year? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why did they a, do that? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, and uh, yeah, and some new automation stuff. Hashtag NDA is coming to Mavericks. So not gonna say more. But Steven, this looks really good. I think I'm buying it. Yeah, it's it's especially for me, like with this particular email account, I have a lot of folders and that's what I really liked about it, that it handled that really well. So mm-hmm. it kinda it kinda reminds me of, of, of the old Tweety for Mac. Yeah, and it even has it's got a couple different views and you can do one yeah. that's like like a Twitter client like Sparrow where you don't yeah. I have the message pane open to the right, but you don't have to, which is nice. I've yeah, found really I've nice. found on the um, Airmail app support page some um, sample Apple Script actions. So oh, nice! Maybe it does support Apple Script then. Yeah, I'm not a. Hmm. I'm definitely not the Apple Script user that you are. So, so I'll put um, that put that in the yeah show notes. version one five new Apple Script support. So there you go. Woo-hoo. Cool. You can script to your heart's content now. So are we uh, are we done for this week? I think so. Big uh, week next week. I think so. Um, it was a really fun episode. I mean, I mean, besides the point where Stephen told me that my life is wrong. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I love you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, so. I will wrap up then. So we'll be back next week and we'll be talking about the new iPhones and anything else that may or may not be spoken about on the Apple keynote. We'll say what we like, what we don't like, what we're excited about. And I'm sure I will just cry for an hour because I'll probably be in Portland when the new phones are released. So Champagne. 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 So we'll talk about that. So you, <laughs> if you want to catch up with us online, do so in the following ways. You can find Mr. Federico Vitici. He writes over at MacStories.net and he is at Vitici on Twitter. That's V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Stephen writes at 512pixels.net and he is at I-S-M-H on Twitter and I am I-Mike. I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again for listening. Thank you to Stephen for putting together that great uh, correspondent report in the show. And uh, from all of us, we'll be back with you next week. Say goodbye, everyone. Ciao tutti. Adios.